Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls. We are live. This is the Comics Pals Weekly Show where we talk about comics. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined, of course, by Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Tyler. Uh, I ate a lot of hot dogs. Actually, I mentioned that. You know, Glizzy King himself. Who, not Glizzy Lizzy. Did you see Glizzy Lizzy at the uh, hot sure dog? Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that an official nickname or was that a fake nickname? That was her official nickname. They announced her as Glizzy Lizzy. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It was on the Chiron. Yeah. Good. That's that's beautiful. Uh, and um, our Glizzy Queen will be joining us shortly. Marco is uh, Marco was uh, impending. We've got five Some books. Chicha. How many? Five books on the That's back. how many Glizzies Marco's eaten. That's nothing. You've I've eaten more than five glizzies in one sitting. Less than so have I. Holy shit! God damn! I, didn't I think I hit double this. digits once. Oh, oh my yeah. god! I was a husky boy, man. I was a husky boy. Oh well. Uh, did you eat as many glizzies as there are tie-ins for Night Terrors? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, that's that's a tall a order. A bit he did. No. Uh, we've got Night Terrors First Blood number one on the docket. We've got. Night Terror's Batman, number one. And mm. you know, I could not get Ooh. the base cover. I had to get this sick variant. Uh, this is a cover, variant. Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's not Virgin. There is the um, uh, well, okay. in the corner yeah. there. Um, but it features Batman. It looks like he's in hell, <laughs> but uh, a giant bat with a gun on its head, a laser gun. Is staring him down, and uh, if you've read the book, you know exactly what that's a reference to. Pretty cool. Uh, the winner of the listener pick poll up on Twitter, Night Terrors the Joker, number one. Thanks, uh, guys. Yeah, appreciate you all. You all are, are fantastic. Uh, Barnstormers, number one. Tula Lote and Scott Snyder, and then... Uh, last but not least, we have Swan Songs number one. Now, I was not able to get a copy of Swan Songs number one. I don't know if that's because I just missed it or they didn't have any, but there were just so many people at Midtown that Midtown Comics, which is where I shop, that were standing around and browsing, which, look, it's a store. You know, people are there to browse. I hate browsers. I do. I'm sorry. If I'm at the comic shop, I know exactly why I'm there. I get the books. I leave. People that want to stand around and congregate and look at the books. Come on. What is this? I got I got, I got places to go. That's the thing. I'm a browser, but I am chronically afraid of being in the way. Right. <laughs> like you will see sorry, me, me bob me, and weave. Oh, excuse me. Oh, pardon me. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's ridiculous. People just... They don't mind just standing there, like, oh my god. I would, I you, would rather walk to the other side of the store to see something else than be in somebody else's way. Sean, you go to the uh, Times Square one, right? I don't want to say where I go. Okay, well, ha you've been to the Times Square. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I hate that staircase. The entrance. There's no and etiquette. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's pe people don't give a damn. Yeah, they will. They'll they'll run you over practically. Yeah. Uh, to get mm -hmm. out if you're trying mm -hmm. to get up the stairs. And that's um, that's Times Square in general. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Philosopher King says, what is this, a bookstore? Seriously, I mean, come on. There are no comic stores large enough for you to just stand around, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and reading the interiors. Speaking of interiors, let's get into our first book. Let's talk about Night Terror's First Blood, number one. 
this is the kickoff of the Night Terrors event. Somehow there were people saying they read this slate of books last week. I don't know how. Maybe they were retailers. Um, but this is the this is the kickoff. We've got Joshua Williamson, who's you know really the architect of this whole thing, with art by Howard Porter, mm -hmm. uh, colors by Brad Anderson, and letters by Troy Pateri. Um, right off the bat, you know, I said speaking of interiors, I was really happy to see Howard Porter's name on this, and um, I would say that I wasn't as happy as I wish. I would have been on the other end of, of having seen the interiors. Okay, great. That's exactly how I felt. Uh, yeah. is, does that mean – so you didn't care much for the interiors? Okay. Uh, unfortunately not. A lot of it – and I've been trying to find a nicer way to phrase this all day, and I just haven't found it. A lot of it just like uh, – it looked like just throwing up scribbles. Unfinished. It looked a little unfinished scratched together even like this second panel of uh you know on the first page it just looks uh, like it looks like a completely different person uh they look deformed somehow the the woman there just doesn't look it just doesn't look good to me you know it's just like and then just the rest of the book it all just looks off and not in like a good way howard porter is a hard one to talk about for me honestly because i really like howard porter um i i have liked him and i liked i i do like what it current his art currently looks like um there was an injury so he's had to adjust um mm. but he's still putting out content still um that being said i actually enjoyed this um i, I think his his art has gotten a lot less house mainstreamy um this felt like like i know he did the flash with williamson uh, a couple years back this feels even dirtier than that um both in the fact that this is a horror story that you know it it, it the text requires it um but also like it, it you can see the pencils everywhere um, the, the, the inks are super light on a lot of it, but also heavy when it gets like when it's needed for like shadowing and stuff like that. But in terms of like the line work, you can see a lot of the process below the art. Um, in some panels, it looks like, all right, that just looks like it was rushed, um, to kind of yeah. get through it. And then in some panels, it looks like, oh, maybe that's a creative choice. So I couldn't really yeah. pinpoint it. And that's 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 a lot of the thing you mentioned, um, you know, a lot of being able to see a lot of pencils. And that, I think, you know, hampers a lot. But I I also want to credit uh, Porter because I do think he's really reaching for something here. And I think it's something this event really needs. I just don't quite think this issue lands it all the way. And and you know, it's not all wonky. There are I, there are some really cool moments. There are some great um, images here. I think for me, you know, I agree with Tyler a lot of the time with Porter. I, I enjoy Porter's work. Um, I thought the facial work here was oftentimes just kind of off, and that's mm -hmm. something that's really not like, you know, does Wonder Woman really look like this? Like 
I'll just show a, a two pager here. Um, that doesn't look, always look like some of those don't look the way I think of Wonder Woman. Um, and it varies within the book at times. Um, Superman, like, does that really look like Superman to you? And again, I know that there's supposed to be some horror aspects to it, and I can appreciate that, but I'm just not sure that that look on Superman's face evokes, I'm doing this because this is a horror book. Uh, and that's my problem. And even even some of the Batman faces looked weird. Like... This is a great example of a Batman one where I'm like, okay, that's clearly a choice, sure, you know, and I'm and I'm into yeah. it because it's like, oh shit, you know that 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 that's a a creepy visual and he's been possessed and I thought that that whole sequence was pretty cool, but right. to Kale's point, even when that's not what's happening, there are just some pages where these characters don't look right. Um, but it's, let's let's talk a little bit about yeah. what is happening in the book, and we can we can hit on the art a little bit more later. Um, so. What we've got here is that uh, Dr. Destiny is under attack. Uh, he's under some kind of a psychic attack. Um, and the, the book opens with that whole sequence. And I thought that that was pretty cool just because it was really creepy. Um, I, I but think, then, yeah, go ahead. I think using John D. Dr. Destiny for that is a great choice, too, because that salmon issue with him is like an iconic thing and it's the iconic version of like nightmares coming to life so if something is bigger than him like oh all right we have uh, an actual you know villain to contend with here yeah that the 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 tethering of of oh well this is dr destiny and, and he's in sandman like you said those things didn't really penetrate me because i don't know about that so um okay. it, he was just a guy to me, I like the sequence itself because it was kind of creepy. Um, but to be honest, I think it probably would have been a better choice to choose a person who's more immediately recognizable uh, for the stakes aspect. I just didn't I didn't care about this guy. Kale's making a face. What's the face? Uh, two things. Didn't you uh, do, were you there when we did the Sandman book club? That probably was. <laughs> that's nuts because that was that, that's one of the wildest parts of Sandman. That, yeah, like, that is one of the most iconic comics yeah. for me. For me, um, but even like that, even then, Doctor Destiny ha has been a frequent Justice League thing. I know. I think did Morrison touch on on him in uh, the JSA run that they did? I didn't, um, I didn't read it. Ooh, that could be a good Morrison? book club. That could be a good book club. Uh, J J L A, not J S A. J L A. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, and the second thing, who who do you think would have been a more um, a, a more well known pick? Yeah, um, a more modern pick maybe might be a better way to phrase it. A scarecrow maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know. Someone who someone who is more known for the magic horror crossover, I think Constantine uh, would be a decent pick. You know, someone that, you know, you pick up this book and you go, oh, my goodness, you know, this this is a guy that we know and, and this is the guy that we're attached to. But obviously my knowledge of DC is not everyone's. So um, maybe people, other people felt differently than I did. In any event, we very quickly get introduced to Deadman, who is kind of our POV guy. For a lot of this, um, 
and it, and it, you know, I was lukewarm on Dead Man to be honest. Um, I know Dead Man has a lot of fans. I thought that there was some interesting interplay with him and Batman that actually uh, gets followed up on really well in Night Terror's Batman itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found Dead Man to be slightly annoying. I get, I get that that was the point, but yeah, that's Boston Brand. That's right. That's yeah. who he is. I always read Boston Brand as like somebody who has nobody to talk to, so he's kind of annoying. You know, mm-hmm. um, like that friend that's like perpetually inside, and you finally bring him out, and it's like, all right, all right, buddy, it's not you're not the first person I've met. You know, like you can you can tone it down a little bit. Um, but I always love a, I always love a Batman Dead Man dynamic. Uh, they're always fun together, mm. and and the and the league is haunted, and they've got this uh, this haunting on them, and there's a an interesting uh, moment. I actually thought this was well handled. You know, we've been seeing, uh, you know, Doctor Destiny, and he's dead, and then um, you know we learn that he's actually not dead; he's alive, and he's at the hospital. I thought it was a little funny that Harley was the one was to make ask that call. That. I was yeah. like, eh, I, I don't really yeah, care for I that. I like that. Yeah. didn't like that one bit. Uh, but I don't, the, I, go ahead. I don't know. I don't remember when she, like, f- has fully become Bat Family, you know? Yeah. Like, a know lot of people Tynan, feel she's Bat Fam, yeah. Tynan pretty much got her close to it um, during his run. But, uh, yeah, it just feels like, oh, she's just a Robin at this point, you know? She's Batgirl. Um, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I gotta say, um, not my I, thing. Hmm. But I'm not for the redemption of Harley Quinn of, of so. career criminals. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Truthfully, um, the there is a very cool. Sorry, I said the gallows for all of them, according to Sean. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a very cool visual moment though, where Batman like vomits out Dead Man. That was nuts. And Howard Porter yeah. drew the shit out of that. And, and I, like, I want to draw attention to <laughs> Superman and Wonder Woman's abject horror at what's going on. They're not the focus of the panel, but if you look, you can see them. And they yeah. just look so horrified by the fact that Batman is doing this. Dude, it's I when love, he rips it open. You know? I, like, I love that he's, like, stretching out his face. To, like, to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Alec is... Baldwin in Beetlejuice or, or I guess, Gina Davis in a way. Um, I, yeah, yeah. The yeah. the Howard Porter horror elements to this are great. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think that dirty uh, uh, Manny, I think it was, I think it was Manny in the uh, in the chat mentioned that uh, Williamson asked Porter to be a little more loose uh, during this this story, and I think it really works during the horror elements uh, when he's fighting those nightmare demons and and when he's throwing up another ghost man. Um, yeah, it looks real cool. Uh, Marco's actually joining us, so okay, me, uh... we have Marco coming on board. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I thought the horror aspect of this stuff really worked. And it it actually set the tone pretty well for the books that we would later read. Like, I don't know how all of yeah. the Night Terrors uh, tie-ins work. And I, I, frankly, a lot of our Discord, a lot of our community is saying that they're off this series already before it even started. So we'll definitely be a place where if you're not reading these books, you'll be able to get our opinions. But for the ones that we read, at least, I thought that this issue did exactly what it was supposed to do. It set the table for this event. It establishes what we can expect to see. And the tie-ins um, feel apt for, for you know what's been set up here. 
I'm, hey, Marco. I'm still... Get, let, let's, let's let Marco give his thoughts. Yeah, Marco, we're on Night Terrors, number one. Um, I didn't like it all too much. Um, I'm pretty down on it. There was actually a page <laughs> I'd sent, um, and one of my biggest gripes was the art. And uh, Tyler, I'm not sure if you have that one up. Was but... the one with Batman towards the top third? Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, it's just like their faces. Yep, and I have it up on the screen. Yep. Yeah, I I just have like real uh, could not make out. No, not this one. There's another one that like, has Superman's face and Wonder Woman on it. Um, oh, I didn't uh, grab that one. Sorry. Regardless, the the art on this one felt really shaky. I don't know that it fit. It fit the tone, but I don't think that it fit. Um, my expectation for like an event level artist um not to disparage him but you know i it it wasn't as stylistically as coherent um and i kind of meandered through the book it was would you say you possible. slept walk through it <laughs> uh i'm like Resurrected? Dead? I tried to make a zombie joke at the nope. land. Nope. Nope. Uh, Swing to miss. <laughs> quickly on this on this page that uh, Tyler has up, yep. this uh, dialogue between Superman and Wonder Woman, Sean was saying earlier that the dead man dialogue really didn't work for him. This dialogue, to me, there was something about it that... You remember the um, a couple of years ago, there was that big YouTube kids scare about how they would have like the crazy Elsa videos of her like being beheaded yeah. and yeah. yeah yeah Elsa gives some birth reason, to like SpongeBob's child or something yeah 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 for some reason like I read this in like the cadence of those crazy YouTube kids videos <laughs> and I was like what did AI write this shit like what is this 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 felt uh, specifically I think the page we have I have up here um and there was a two more instances of it where they had to literally tell you what was happening in Wonder Woman, tell you what was happening in Superman, and tell you what was happening in Batman. Batman's like, oh, uh, didn't fa I'm glad you're back from Failsafe. And then Deadman's like, oh, yeah. Wonder Woman was dead, you know? It was yeah. very, all right, I have to do this. Well, let why? me just get out of the way. Well, yeah. why? There was literally no reason. I think because this is considered an event, and the last event we had, Justice League disbanded. So trying to contextualize where they've been um, I don't think I don't think it's necessary, but I think editorial that, thought it was necessary. That was the worst part of this book. To it was me. clunky. It was those yeah, moments, it was clunky. because yeah. the, the if you can tell that Joshua Williamson had to sit there and rework these lines over and over and over again to figure out a way to establish where everybody's been within one uh, panel for each for each person, and it's like, who cares? Nothing matters in DC anymore. So why are you telling me this? It's an event. There's no build up to this event. It's just, Wait. hey, it's Night Terrors now. So what do I care what Batman's been doing in the solo book? So okay, NP on robots. MP on YouTube said, uh, I do appreciate the continuity sync up, even if the dialogue is on the nose. I mean, yeah, there are people out there who mm. love continuity. So I, it, granted, it, I guess, but like. What does my? I guess my only argument is, what does knowing that help you with reading this comic book? Okay, it does not serve a purpose at that point. Like it's cool to know, but it does not service what I am currently reading to any degree that enhances it. Like it's nice to have those moments when I know that 
this is part of like a larger story that maybe Wonder Woman was having and she's in a place that's different that I need to really know because it's going to affect her character development. But that's not happening in this. This is a you know two to three month injection and then we're back to basics. And also, why do we need two whole panels? We waste three quarters of a page on it. Batman says... Once Dick chose to rebuild Titan's Tower and Bloodhavens, we should we should have shut this whole place down. That's enough. What more do you need? You know exactly where we are. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, I'm gonna say pull on this because even though I think that this is not a I don't think it's a fantastic issue, but I think it's solid. And I think if you intend to read Night Terrors. Um, this is a solid sort of jumping on point. It is $6, so it ain't cheap, but you are getting a lot of pages for that price point. Um, I don't think you have to read this. It is not absolutely essential, but if you don't want to be lost, I think you can, you can read this and, and it's fine. Um, and, and this is the, uh, this is also available on the DC app, uh, for free. So you can actually go and. Uh, go read it. You don't have to buy it if you do subscribe. Day and day. Slope. This. Yeah. Day and day. And, uh, and just Batman. This. No, not that, Batman. I thought. Really? You sure? Yeah, I had to. I had to buy it. But are you an Ultra Tier member? I'm not. That's the other thing. Okay, because it's Batman was available on Ultra Tier. I'm pretty sure. Ultra those, Tier. Those. Sons oh, we know about that. I. Yeah. I hope. I hope I'm not wrong about that. But I'm pretty. Maybe that's sure how people got it last week. Because apparently, some people got it last week. I, or at least somebody said they read Joker uh, in the Discord. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so. Cool. Yeah. Everybody got their final thought in on this one. Um, I think, it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a poll. Not my pick of the week. I think it's a yeah, poll. Um, a poll in the sense that at least I'm gonna give DC some form of money uh, in the next month <laughs> because like <laughs> nothing else normal is coming out. I, actually, I think John Kent is still happening. I think that book is still going on. It's weird what well, books decided to just chug along and some didn't but well the fact that that one's still coming out it's the real night terror yeah. okay fox news <laughs> <laughs> um, i am excited dennis culver is writing the zatanna um mini oh. for, for night terror Ooh. so that is yeah, interesting and she and she teams up with robot man so there's a bit of doom patrol crossover there so that I, should be fun I, I will say i did appreciate the extra pages that's always nice when you, know, you get uh, a book to just give me a bit more it's not your standard 22 to 24 um whether or not they have value it's a separate concern but i do appreciate when you get an extra uh, bit of story to be able to um ideally williamson can just say more well if you want more value from us you can join us on patreon.com slash the comics pals where we are always giving you bang for your buck there's plenty of value over on that page. Uh, we've got our weekly newsletter that goes out. Tyler's is out. Uh, no, it's out tonight. <laughs> it got delayed because of the because of Fourth of July. I didn't get to go to a liquor store. And uh, he's making a drink as ever. Uh, we have the uh, book club poll, which is up right now. I think uh we uh, we have Kale winning right now. I'm pretty sure you guys gotta help me out. <laughs> Yeah. Yo, 
Vote for Marco. Vote for Sean. Vote for Eddie. I don't want to do it. Vote for Tyler. Which one did you pick, Cal? Pulp. Pulp, right? Pulp, okay. I haven't read that yet. Yeah, same. I haven't either, so don't. I don't know what you're doing. Going in raw. Let's go. Love it. A lot of other great stuff on our Patreon page. If you want to watch this show live, you can do so every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. This is, of course, Palace Pulls, the show where we talk about comics. If you want to influence what we read here, you can vote in the listener poll, which is on Twitter. It goes up every single Friday. It lasts until Wednesday. So cast your votes. Uh, this week, of course, the winner was uh, Night Terror's Joker, which um, I take as a personal attack. So, um, you know. Interesting. Be that as it may, uh, go listen to our Tilly Walden interview. We interviewed Tilly Walden this past week on the main show, which is live every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it was a great interview. You know what I realized? I have I have art of hers up on that wall. Ooh, it's that little, it's the little fox looking thing over here. But I, uh, I forgot to show it to her because she has it signed. And I was going to be like, thank you. You've so probably much. seen it. Great, great podcast. The one that content. did it. Uh, you know what? Tyler's right. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Night Terror's Batman. Oh, everything else at the comics, pals. Uh, so this is, of course, again by Joshua Williamson, who is uh, not someone that's written too, too much Batman. Um, so we've got him with art by Gilliam March. I was Yo. so hyped to see that Me name. Too. And you want to talk about somebody that did not disappoint. Yeah. Uh, with colors by Tamu Moray and letters by Troy Pateri. So earlier I said that this book in particular felt like a, a clean follow-up to what Batman was experiencing in the First Blood one-shot. And uh, literally it goes into Batman's night terror. Batman's, you know, mind where he's being horrified and it tells an interesting story about Sort of another fail-safe, if you will. We've seen Batman um, constantly come up with backup plans and strategies and things that he'll do to circumvent his fear or whatever fail whatever failings he might have. And so in this one, we encounter a, a strategy by which he would force himself to uh, go through you know, the death of his parents, that memory, over and over and over again in this, like, Bakta tank. From Star Wars, um, <laughs> this hyperbaric uh, 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 tank, yeah. and um, and I thought that that was a fascinating idea. It harkens back to, of course, what we saw from uh, Grant's Batman, um, and then from there, this is just a trip in hell. This is a a really like creepy, horrifying issue. I thought it did a great job. I and really love the initial. Um, uh, the initial way that Bruce is portrayed in the dream world, mm. you know, stuck as an eight year old with blood on his hands and yeah. covered in, you know, his mask or whatever that went hard as fuck. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. I think keeping him as a kid, but still having like the modern Bruce is a, a really cool little thing. It's like, it's like he's and, and him being prepared to even be a child in his dreams um, is great. Cause he still kicks ass during it, even though I don't know, if that body can handle that stuff, but whatever. When when people say when people say, "Oh, well, he's Batman." In this case, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I I just want to go right to it. Gillen March. 
Amazing. I love Gillen March. Um, I didn't read uh, um, Tynion's Joker, uh, but Gillen March was on that, and I heard that was really good. Um, I, think I heard Be- that too. Yeah, yeah. Bean, Bean, right? Did Bean tell you? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bean was a big yeah. fan. Bean got um, that whole series, right, Sean? Not the whole series. No, there oh. was a point at which even he decided that it was but, too uh, expensive. Gillen March is what I guess most well known. I, uh, uh, maybe for better or for worse, uh, for the new 52 Batman Catwoman, uh, fucking scene. Um, oh, yeah. That's where everyone was like, yo, what is, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and ever since then, I've loved Gil March. And I did not know he was the artist for this. So as soon as I opened it up, I could tell it's Gil March right away. There, there's a weird cartooniness to everything, everything's a little turned into a creepy way like like proportions bodies movement um and and it's very european um gill march did a book called carmen um did the whole book very good book from image so good uh it got retranslated last year for image um yeah i was uh, no offense to williamson i thought the, the book was fun i liked batman talking like batman um but for me this was more of a artistic kind of meal uh, and seeing what like he's he's taking a little bit of a chainsaw man here, uh, he'll march with this this gun demon. Uh, yeah, I was I was, I really dug this. This this was my pick of the week. Yeah. Ooh. This was also my pick of the week. And uh, mm. if you would, Tyler, I would love it if you could pull up the first page that I uh... yeah, the fight scene, right? Yes. Yeah. Because while uh, he does that, it was also my pick of the week. Oh wow. Yeah. Holy shit, am I the only one not You're picking tie-in books as our picks of the week? Well. <laughs> what have we become? Um I never thought in my life that I would see a comic that featured a young Bruce Wayne kicking his mother in the face. Love it. That really like for some reason that in particular really shocked me. And it, it, it pulled me out of the book, but in a good way to make me go, oh, shit, what, what am I reading? <laughs> yeah. All of them. And, it, yeah, like, he's just beating everybody's ass. And, of course, it made me think about Damien, and it was kind of cool. Like, you know, Bruce, Bruce wasn't as much of a badass as a kid as Damien is now, but this was a, the closest glimpse we're ever going to see to that. Um, and, then, and then you want to talk about an art showcase. Tyler, if you hit that next slide, man, this was yeah. phenomenal. Which I did the whole sequence. I did two pages for this. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. It's a sequence that features Bruce Wayne in this dream giving birth from his mouth to a massive bat with a laser gun cannon on its face. Oh, <laughs> uh, you didn't I, say anything. What, what was I supposed to say? With a laser beam attached to his friggin' head. Oh. That was unbelievable it's yeah. gross man it looks like he had a thyroid issue there for a second he got a goiter yeah, it was wild absolutely amazing i thought i thought this was a, a a huge standout because something we don't see enough with batman right is horror yeah. and i think yeah. that's kind of bugged out in the comics especially we don't see that much batman horror so joshua williamson and march doing a tremendous job actually delivering on a, a, a book with Batman that is, is legitimately creepy and has those horror elements. Dude, I don't remember body horror being in Batman since, like, the Mr. Bloom Snyder stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. been. Um, 
and seeing him be like the throw goat in this and throw that 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 shit up is mm-hmm. vile. And I like that. You're right, Sean. Like horror and Batman should be hand in hand, but we all we ever get nowadays is crime or superhero Batman. But I like. Go ahead, kill. Yeah, it's mostly superhero. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that by the end, the book goes to like an even deeper layer. And it's like, actually, Bruce, you don't know how bad your nightmares can get. You don't realize the depths of your mind. And then it flips. And once that happened, I was like, can we can we just get can this be an ongoing? Can we get more <laughs> than two issues of this, please? But did you like that? Where he becomes uh, right at the end? Hell yeah. He he becomes a bat. You know, that's that's Batman. Even though he kind of looks like Stanley's uh, Batman, you ever, you ever see that? Yeah. Yeah. What if yeah. Stanley made Batman? Yeah. Well, I don't. Is that Marco? Is that what you were talking about? No. Because I was talking. Becomes Joe Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah, that was crazy. That for me sort of leads into okay Night Terror first. Joker. Oh. Where it's like it's sort of the horror of the mundanity of it all. Hmm. Well, and like you know while while we came here for the rad horror we all just saw the actual horror lays in you know br- deep in Bruce's psyche of this exact moment that we're going to have to relive over and over and over again just like he tries to do and i that lost me a little bit like it makes sense thematically absolutely but it, I don't know. We'll see. My my reasoning for why I enjoyed that flip so much is that your mind, right, can do some pretty screwed up things to you. And but when we ever, whenever we see Bruce's mind, it's always the same sort of idea. And here Williams has said, "Well, doesn't Bruce blame himself?" on some level for the death of his parents wouldn't he then in my in his mind at his darkest moments pull the trigger you know would he not be the perpetrator i thought that that was a brilliant flip now we'll see where it goes you know we'll see how that how that manifests that could just be a one off moment um but it, what it did was it opened the door for me that anything could happen in the next issue and that's why i'm so excited you're saying that it- Bruce is so lost that he needs the Batman to the extent that he would be the one to even create himself to this degree. No, that he has guilt because he because he's the reason why they left the uh, the movie or whatever oh, early. And right? yeah. And so in a sense, he blames himself because if, if he wasn't scared, his parents would still be alive because they never would have encountered Joe Chill. So in his horror, in his nightmare mind, he becomes the trigger man. He becomes Joe Chill because he's at fault. I got you. And that's okay. also why, as a kid, he's got blood on his hands. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, easy pull, pick of the week. I think if you buy any of the tie-ins, this is definitely the one. You can tell that Joshua Williamson, a big reason why this event I- exists is to do fun stuff with Batman because they did it in First Blood and they did it here. That's e- the easy part. I think I this, think nailing this is the easy part. This is exactly the setup we need for a horror event. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to see what the Superman stuff is going to be like. Right. Dummy. Yeah. That's the harder part. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on, uh, I did want to say hello to Rob1979, who says, good afternoon, everybody. Here for the first live stream. Love your honest takes and reviews, Sean. I've quickly become a fan. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, appreciate everybody that tunes in to watch Pals Pulls. You guys are fantastic. Uh, thank you for supporting. We appreciate it. Let us know what your book of the week is. It doesn't have to be one of the ones we read. Whatever you've read this week, if you've had the opportunity to dive into your pull list, um, what are you into? What are you excited about? Are you into Night Terrors? Because so far, in my opinion, they're two for two. We're about to talk about Joker. But so far, two for two. You guys ever have a Night Terror? No. Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I I used to, uh, <laughs> uh, well, in college, I used to wake up uh, standing in front of my closet door. I don't know if that's technically a night terror. Uh, but it is at night, and it's terrifying. Yeah. I used to try to fight people when I was um, sleeping and get, right. like, get curse people out. No comics, pal, sleepover. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoa, I whoa, s- we've done a lot of those. I never freaked out. <laughs> I I talk, I walk, I name it. I probably do it. Rather not name it. Well, <laughs> for the best. Speaking of night terrors, let's get into Joker. Night Terror's Joker, number one. This is by Matthew Rosenberg, who's kind of been, um, you know, telling a lot of the Joker stories of late uh, with Stefano Raffaelli, Raphael, uh, on art, Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors, and Tom Napolitano on the letters. So, let me tell you a joke. <laughs> uh-huh. Batman and the Joker are fighting on a roof, and it's raining. As Batman attempts to fight the Joker, he slips, and he cracks his head, and he dies. Ha-ha. But, Doctor, my- I'm Pagliacci. <laughs> well done. <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, That's it. That's all I have to say. I, I think once I got past that intro... I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, that was just just to get us here. Like, we'll 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 get through that, and then we'll enjoy uh, the horrors of mundanity. Um, I, I don't know. Too, I, I got too past close it. To home. I, I got past it. Yeah. I I got past it because this is not real, of course, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't use that to do anything that I thought was remotely compelling. It, mm-hmm. Joker decides, okay, well, I've accomplished my goal, I guess, so I'm going to get a regular job. And that is, I mean... Oh, it, that's not how I read it. I can't imagine spending $5 on a comic book in which Joker just has a regular job. Yeah. So, I definitely agree with you there. Um, the way I read it, and Tyler, maybe maybe this is the way you read it as well. For me, his dying that way isn't picked up on until the end. Uh, when this pathetic Batman death is looming over him. That's not how I read it either. Um, the way I read it was, what's what's it's night terrors. We got to we got to showcase. 
these characters' worst nightmares. Joker's worst nightmare is a world without Batman. And not only is it the world without Batman, Batman dies not even by him, just by happenstance. Um, and he has to still live with that. And then mm-hmm. at the end, it adds another wrinkle where like, oh, Batman's still alive. So now Joker's nightmare is, well, I didn't actually kill Batman. Then what the hell? You know, and he's not even coming after me. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought this was kind of a fun issue. Um, I think I like Rosenberg's voice for Joker, even though like the supporting cast he plays with here is really just office workers. Um, (laughs) Just people named Helen or Barb, you know, Um, I thought that was it was kind of goofy. I liked how maybe I didn't like this, but. I kind of felt for Joker in a, in a way, you know, him having to deal with office life and the hell that that could be. Uh, right, Marco? Um, huh? And, <laughs> and uh, just wanting to, like, say the most fucked up shit in the office and see what happens. Um, I kind of liked it. Uh, and I actually like the Raphael... Uh, uh, art um i i don't audibly laugh out loud when reading comics often but that page where batman just falls and, and just smashes his face and slowly they give it an extra panel just slides i, like I thought that was freaking hilarious that was i thought that was great physical comedy for a comic book um and then there's the whole microwave scene i i, I thought this was goofy enough to where it was fun I, I i didn't read this as a horror book but the Joker's horror would be something that's not funny to him, but funny. These are um, the kinds of tie-ins that um, I feel like people complained about. The, like, sure. this is a frivolous tie-in. And I hate when I get duped into buying this kind of book. I really do. I oh, like when I, when I first started, my first ever event was Civil War. And I'm not going to say which tie-ins, because frankly, I don't remember. But I remember that there were some that I bought like Frontline that were mind-blowingly good. And then there were other ones where I was like, oh, I thought I had to buy this, but it's it's garbage. Like, why? what is this? I don't understand. If this was my first event and I bought this book, I'd be pretty upset. This price point? Yeah, exactly. What, like, even worse. What's the reason for Joker being more expensive than every other book on the DC market? I don't like, know. Even more than Batman. And we didn't I even talk know. about Batman had a, a, a the, the Batman issue had a backup by David LaFuente like right. that had extra meat right. to it. What this was it? Was it? Doesn't. I, I, Marco, I I will not stand for any LaFuente hate. Uh, great art. Why, why was his Why was his Damian Wayne a robot? Huh? His Damian Wayne looked like um, Astro Boy. Like, uh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, it's just kind of LaFuente's art, really. Yeah, that's LaFuente for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't understand why this book is so expensive. I get everything that you laid down, Tyler. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that you're right and that that's the premise and, you know, this isn't a horror book. But it should be because that's the point of the event. If it's not a horror book, then what's it doing being published? I think that there is an interesting angle to seeing what a real genuine nightmare for the Joker would look like. But if the answer is... Oh, Batman died and he didn't kill him, and now he's got to work in an office that I'm not interested. 
I that think, is the yeah. least interesting thing I think you could do with the Joker if you're going to genuinely examine it. This is only two issues from what I can tell, right? This yeah. is to be concluded next issue. Um, so I think we'll see how that, I mean, you guys won't, but we'll see how that, that closes. Um, it feels like we're going to see that the Joker's nightmare is a joke that he's not in on, um, ultimately. Um, but Who cares? How do they collect it's this? So, you know? It's so easy and it's so obvious. Well, the scariest guy in Gotham's uh, worst nightmares, the normal life. Okay. I mean, same. Well, I, I like Tyler's reading. I think his... The, the, that's where the horror is not the office piece but the li having to continue to live a life knowing that he didn't kill batman and even still he cannot seemingly kill him i just I really i just really see myself in joker so i understand uh that's yeah. what it is. i've yeah, had yeah, my yeah. joker moment already i'm already there it's really just like getting yeah, a couple, uh, couple of divorces on this podcast really uh, <laughs> <laughs> it uh Turns it into a real night terror. Yeah. MP asks us if you could do a version of the Joker's nightmare, what would it be? Uh, maybe this is a cheat, but I don't think I would. Because the Joker is already a living nightmare. Like, that's his whole thing. He's a killer clown. He's literally everyone's nightmare. Should be, at least. Yeah. Honestly, I think like, this is the slant I would go, to be honest. Um, I, I wouldn't want to do it, for, quite frankly, because I don't think that there's a need. But I, this feels very meta. This doesn't feel true. And that's my biggest issue with it. It feels like this is what a writer would do. It doesn't feel like this is what Joker, the character, would actually have a nightmare about. And that's why I'm so frustrated. Hmm. Um, I pass. I pass easily. And regretfully, because this is the listener pick, but boy, oh boy. Yeah, pass on the cover alone. Yeah. I'm a big Rosenberg guy, but I just this just wasn't it for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, art, art was great for what it was. I feel bad for the poor guy who had to draw the Joker in an office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where nothing happens, but, you know, they got some cool, a couple of cool action pages at least. Yeah. Well, hey, Atomic Hound says, I actually thought this was fun if frivolous. And that's cool. I think if yeah. if if you enjoy this, then that's great. Um, I try when it comes to, especially Night Terrors not being an event that I was looking forward to, um, that I probably would have skipped out on most of, if not for whatever we end up reading for the show. Um, and the Batman, I would have bought that. But, you know, I wouldn't have purchased this on my own. But if you would, and if you did, and if you enjoyed it, then I think that's awesome. Yeah, we're not here to disparage the work. We're just offering the critique on it, and uh, whether or not you purchase and enjoy, it's not on us, you know? For, for me, I think it's a good book. Um, I'd say pull, if not for the price. Uh, the price just annoys me. But that was, that's was that been the case for Joker books since the Tynan run, really. Like, I, just, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. But for what it's worth, I think this issue is fun. Let's talk about Barnstormers, number one. Uh, Ooh, this my is... pick of the week. Fair enough. Very fair. Um, so you'll, you'll have first that bet to chat about it. Uh, this is by Tula Lote and Scott Snyder. 
who are obviously two incredible creators, one more well-known than the other. But I think, if anything, this is definitely the Tula Lote uh, showcase. Um, we also had D. Kniff on colors and letters by Richard Starkey. Wow, I haven't wow, okay. seen that name yeah. in some time. Um, Elfinman guy? I don't remember what I saw Starkings do, but I, I it was a name right. I used to see quite a bit. I think you're right, Tyler. Um, I want to say, of course, this is a comicsology book coming out of Scott Tober. Um, <laughs> but Dark Horse has published those books uh, in physical. And uh, I'm going to let Marco start. Marco, do you want a minute? Do you want God. a minute? Do you have a minute in you? Damn it. I got a minute. You got a minute in you? All right, listen. I I shouldn't do this. It's a mistake. I acknowledge that. I'm a man who makes mistakes, but I will give Marco one minute to tell us why this was his pick of the week. And it begins now. First off, to what you said, Tula Lote, like uh, the art, I think, complements the time period that we're in. And I really like this, this sort of era, you know, early... Uh, Americana stylings. You got what looks to be these like 40s views um, and the just aesthetic of planes at this time were really, really interesting. And so all that combined, plus the fact that we get this tease about a murder uh, coming down the line and that this group is potentially going to be killed alongside it, it's really teases out a fun story. And I think the setup to it was done really well with this wife who leaves her husband the seemingly day after the marriage and uh, this bummy sort of pilot. What is oh, seven. Um, I recommend this and go pick it up. It's free for any Comixology subscriber. You know what? You know what? That wasn't bad. That was a decent minute. Yeah. If, if it means that you've said your piece on this issue. No, not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be quiet. I wasn't as hot on this. Um, I and and I actually really enjoyed. Man, I enjoyed the premise. Yeah. I thought the art was bomb, like yep. absolutely stunning. But there's just something about the way that Scott Snyder does a number one in particular. Damn. That it's just like a conveyor belt. And I was begging him to break the convention just here. Because the teases of the future, which he does, he does he did it in the, the book with the um with the volunteer firefighters. So I was gonna say, mm. yeah. Did it mm -hmm. clear. Great. He does it all the time now, and it's just like he even did it in We Have Demons. It's always a speaker from the future, it's always a tease of a murder. It's so repetitive, and I love Scott's work. Everything about this, outside of those like common things from him, I thought was great. But those like constant, um, you know, tools that he goes to, they suck me out of the book. It's 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 the constant use of an unreliable future narrator. Yeah, um, and I think maybe it's because his output has been so much recently that because we've been like deluged in Snyder work, um, you're starting to see the cracks in it. You know, um, the previous you had like, you know, one, two books out, you know, like you could just kind of go with it. And they, they were, you know, ongoings and they would go on for 50 issues. Um, well, and, and to that point, 
you know, they were established characters too. So sure. we sort of had a voice. We right. uh, we would at least have an idea of what he was emulating. With these, we don't know who these people are. So why is he why is he giving us an unreliable narrator again and again and again and again? It yeah, it does feel like a trope at this point. His trope. And I was all in on this until I saw the robot. What? What? That you fucking are... robot popped up and I said, fucking come on. Yo, that robot that popped up and let's go. That took me right out. I You're forgot there was a dude. robot in it until you just mentioned that. I just like, can, junk I, just drill crossover. Cool, can I just have a cool plane story? <laughs> hey, yeah. And a robot story. Why Why are you trying to exclude robots from the picture, Kale? Yeah, you're being real robophobic right now. Good. <laughs> Cancel. I, I love robots. And when I saw that robot, <laughs> I was like, oh, what? No. It, 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 it felt so Scott Snyder. It felt so like this book felt, it, it felt like being in a plane at first. Like, everything this guy is describing, oh, you're in the air, you're free, you can do all this cool stuff. The sky's the limit, literally. And then he, hit, he put that robot out there, and I said, nah, it's not. We're just same old shit here. Th things Sean <laughs> likes. Robots. Dislikes. Pirates. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Good to know. Yo, was he, did he not at least look cool? Of course yeah, they look cool. <laughs> robots are cool as shit, but the problem is that it's all this stuff, and it's like you have what I thought was a really interesting story at the front forefront. I'm learning about something I don't know about, which Scott Snyder is really good at. Scott Snyder is a teacher, so he understands how to disseminate information in an interesting way. Learning about what barnstormers are and you know this dude Hawk's life and what he's doing, and I thought all that was interesting, and I was on the hook for it. Yep. But when you get a robot and then it's not explained and it's just it is just there, it is what it is, and it's not a factor, right? Like if you haven't read the book, the robot is not actually addressed. We don't know what that's about. Um, Mr. Baby, I think is the name. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't we don't know what that means. And I think that's what frustrated me is that it's like a tease, but it's a tease of something that I have no context for because this is a number one, and just showing me a robot is not that cool in and of itself and it also gets a full page yeah not only i would Two say pages. it's more than a page yeah we only see the robot for a page but the fallout of him reacting to it it's like the rest of the issue essentially you know, they get he gets two pages one full on him and then like a flashback on on yeah. them they, they, they give this robot at least like time they give him time and and by the way i got the point the, the we're supposed to ask ourselves is he crazy is he crazy? Because the, the, he's—they're saying that he was—he uh, was institutionalized. Mm -hmm. So when he sees this robot, is that really there? Is he really seeing that? Is that a flashback to something he's seen before? I get the questions. I didn't need them. I don't know. I didn't need it. For me, it was—it's—it's it's also a bit like, you know, with the questions, it's like we probably know the answer. We probably do. He's not crazy. He saw a robot, and this will turn into a whole other thing. The other thing is, though, like, 
why can't we just have a cool Barnstormer and Femme Fatale story? You know, like, right. I like the Rocketeer. I was getting, like, a little bit of Rocketeer vibes. Like, Tula Latte doing a Rocketeer-esque, you know, this turn-of-the-century type book. Hell yeah. And it's like, Sky ah, Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Yeah. Fuck, come yeah. on. You yeah. telling me that dame in the wedding dress couldn't carry this whole book by herself? Right. You need a fucking She's on the cover. Robot? Oh. She's on the cover. Oh. oh. It had all the, the it's like, uh, it had all the ingredients that I enjoyed, and then somebody uh, took a robot-sized dump on it. <laughs> and then he Scott Snydered all over it. Also, I didn't feel like this needed to be so long. Um, there's a moment where you can clearly tell that it ended in the comicsology version and then it continues on. Um, I felt like that might have been an appropriate ending for the first issue. I get Snyder's uh, inclination to want to give us more um, as, as, as more of a hook. And I, you know, for what it's worth, I thought the second half um, was very, very interesting and compelling. But if you take out the robot and, and kind of like the, the, the allusions to a bigger mystery and you make this maybe more of a tighter, compact thing, I think it might have been my book of the week. I think it would have been good if you got rid of the robot and you ended it once you meet the, the wife and that, that shot of her on the plane. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. That feels like a good enough hook for me. I wish that wife would. And me on the plane. There you go. Where's my... Uh, what, uh, what, uh, uh, where did it end in comicsology? Or where did you feel like it did? So we have this little break right here. Um, oh, okay. I didn't just get that. Oh, you got the trade? No, this is the, this is the physical, uh... Oh. Yeah. I was reading it in the, in the comicsology Unlimited trade format. So I kind of had to, like, guess where it ends. It ends, it ends at part, part two, right? Like, or part yeah. one? Yeah, okay. chapter two. Well, at least so, in the... Where it ends in the physical, or where I believe the, the, the break is supposed to come, is whenever uh, the, the woman's husband, I, I didn't catch her name, uh, I don't recall her name, but when her, or Tilly, thank you, it's, it's Tilly. Yeah. Whenever Tilly's husband has the shotgun yeah, and they're looking for yeah. her, that's Same. where, yeah. yeah. And then oh, it cuts okay. to part yeah. two on the, yeah, yeah, on the trade. Yeah. Um, also, the Pinkertons are in this too? Like that yeah. gets thrown in there too a bit? And it's like, oh, okay, all right. They're not, they're not, uh, it's cool to see them not, uh, threatening, uh, Magic the Gatherer, gathering, uh, Twitch streamers this time. <laughs> but what are, this... bar uh, what are Barnstormers but 1920s Twitch streamers? Fair. This is a book that even at five bucks, which I can't believe this is five bucks oversized like this. This is a great value, um, where you'd pay a lot more to look at, at, uh, Tula Lotte's art. It, yeah. It's it's incredible. It's almost indescribable how good it is. It has a classic feel to it, which, of course, some of that is going to come from the fact that this is a book that takes place in the past. But it's a perfect fit. The planes are beautiful. She does such a great job with the plane designs. The character designs are crisp. It reminds me of uh, J.G. Jones, but in a more, yeah. um, uh, uh, um, like... Uh, how do I describe? I don't know how to describe, but there's a, there's definitely a difference in like a Turner classic movies way. Yes, yeah. Like sure. you would see these, uh, you would see these characters in like a a highlight reel of everything TCM has to offer over the past 80, 80 years of cinema. Yeah, I mean, I'll show off some interiors if you're watching live, but um, 
Nothing Come we can on. say is going to do this book justice. You need to see it for yourself. Yeah. Everything we said about in terms of a critique of the story just doesn't apply to the art. This is, from my mm -hmm. in my opinion, visually a perfect comic book. It, it makes sense to have Tuolite's name be uh, the first name on the credits. Yeah. yeah. Tulate did some art for The Last of Us on vinyl. Um, what? Very good. I think Matt has an original of that. Yo. Uh, that's pretty cool. If I'm wrong about it. He might. He might. Um, but yeah, Tulate huh. is very good. I, I wish you were on more stuff. Uh, I say pull because the story is compelling enough and the art is insane. I think if, if, if this had no words, you'd be able to tell what it's about. And the art is, would be just as good. And the robot would be still as confusing. <laughs> but it would look cool as shit, and you yeah. wouldn't question it, because it's just yeah, fair. there. No yeah, it's cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah, pull. Um, Easy pull. If you have Comicsology Unlimited, you can read this whole thing right now if you wanted to, too. <laughs> it's all yeah. on there. You don't have to wait for your individual issues. I think, I think it only, we're only doing it this week because physically issue one comes out this week. Um, if yeah. you want to read this entire thing, maybe you don't have to deal with Snyder first issue syndrome. Just mainline it if you want. I, I might actually do that um, in a couple of days, but... Um, I already have it downloaded, soft so I'm, I'm ready. Pull, uh, soft pull on this one. It's, it's a, a slow tug. Hard pull on this one. I'm glad I bought it, but it's not going to make me resubscribe to Unlimited. Hmm. I'm glad I bought it, but all this conversation did re is remind me that I need to cancel that shit, so thank you. <laughs> You're never going to do it, Sean. <laughs> It'll never happen. You're going to forget, dude. It's going to happen. Do it We're right now. Do it. do it right now. All right. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. Live. Uh, Atomic Hound said hit likes. Hit the like button, fellow chatters. So if you're watching live, or even if you're not watching live, uh, we would love it if you did hit the like button. Um, if, but uh, I, if, yeah. if if we hit 20 likes, Sean will get rid of comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, I, I should do it regardless because this is just a ridiculous don't use it. waste yeah. of money. Uh, just like New Japan boy. Pro Wrestling, I had to cancel that shit the other day. And when I canceled it, they immediately cut my access, which is completely crazy for a Dude, Dude, yeah. 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 They didn't no even grace. give you a, like... No. Well, yeah, if you cancel it, you're completely cut off. Yeah. God damn. Really I gotta tell you, I, that's what I wish more companies would do. No, give me the extended... Give me the time. I, I, got, I got charged an extra month for a gym membership I canceled. Oh, gym memberships are a whole different thing. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting here like no come on let me let me go let me leave. Well, this is the last book we're going to be talking about the end, if you will. This is hmm. called Swan Songs Number One, written by W. Maxwell Prince with art by Martin Simmons, letters by Good Old Neon. Good Old Neon. So this is a, a concept from Maxwell Prince, this is published by Image, where each issue will tackle the end of something. You know, the end of a relationship, the end of, you know, whatever. This one's about the end of Triggering. the world. Yeah. And um, I don't think I cared that much about this. Hmm. I, I was coming in a lot hotter on this or like I was coming really excited um love what Prince is able to do and this 
didn't feel this to the same degree as haha ha or to the same degree um, as ice cream man like those have really strong openings i feel to just get you grounded into what the expectation for the world is um but yeah this felt a bit lackluster i didn't care for the world we were living in at no point did i feel like he made me care and the art i think is usually i'm into these like more uh this looks like oils and uh i feel like i'm more likely to lean into this kind of stuff but it didn't it didn't connect with me um yeah i, I had a lot of expectation for this book and i think it, it did not meet that boy i was worried it was me uh <laughs> i was like this week is like a top-notch kale horror week and i really thought this would be the one that does it for me and i just like i i got to some of the the words and i was just like i stopped i couldn't focus on them and it was just it was so much that i would just i just didn't care about this i've liked everything uh, w maxwell prince has been doing an image um uh, they just re reprinted his or, or re released his art brut stuff too uh which is oh. a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with that um, the Ice Cream Man stuff is great, haha. Even though it's clowns, I enjoyed. Um, and I do like Martin Simmons a lot. Martin Simmons is the artist for uh, 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 Department of uh, Truth. Mm. Yeah, um, mm. the the Tinyan book. Um, but I'm kind of with you guys. I, something was disconnected here. I, I don't know if it's the premise of what this anthology is, where it's the end of things, so it's like a little tricky to kind of jump in and feel something when you're ready at the end. Um, and I think the premise here being like, he went straight for the end of ends in the first issue, you know, this is the apocalypse this is the end of everything. Uh, and maybe tackling the premise of the, the anthology that heavy right away was maybe, uh, maybe not the right call. Um, but, and even like the Martin Simmons art, I really like department of truth. Um, this felt like the paneling was just very uh, uh, by the numbers, where, where Department of Truth is wacky. It does some, Simmons does some wild stuff in that book, almost giving me like J.H. Williams vibes and, you know, the way he kind of destroys the idea of uh, paneling. Um, in this, it's mm. just, yeah, it's just paneling. It's just, you know, this is a grid system. Um, I don't think it really does him justice in this. Mm. See, I, I was fine with, you know, coming in hot on the end of the world. But yeah, my thing was, so basically we follow a kid who is going to get, you know, a, a magazine for his mother because she's dying just like everybody else. But he wants to, you know, make her final moments pleasant by reading her this magazine, which is a, a ritual that they have. Okay. Uh, quickly, I just want to add one thing to, to, to your summary there. She's dying. She's dying of a disease. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is going to die because of the apocalypse. Right. To me, that is not that interesting. Um, and frankly, the end of the world itself is not that interesting. Why? Because there have been 50 million stories about the end of the world. Why is the world end? This book doesn't, it feels like there's nothing being said here. 
you're showing us the end of the world. You're showing us people are desperate. You're showing us that they're trying to feel something in their last moments. Uh, sure. Okay. What happened? In one issue, Prince has tasked himself with delivering on an interesting concept for the end of something. What caused the end of the world? What do you have to say about what would what would lead to the world ending? Is it apathy on the part of humanity? Were we just too stupid? Did we make a mistake? Is this coming from, you know, outside of Earth? Is it is it aliens? Like, did the Earth revolt against us? Why did this happen? Void of that, I don't care at all. I can't. I can't. I thought... Um... I thought rather than go big, I thought, you know, go smaller, like remove that world end element and just make it about this kid and his grandmother and like that personal connection. And uh, maybe they reminisce and, oh, you have to go do this. Like, like uh, she is there in, um, you know, tying her loose ends and, and finishing up the things that she needs to do. Uh, it, there's a lot that you can do here, but I think the combination makes it, well, she's dying, but the world is, so who really cares that she's going to die if everyone else is anyway? Um, and then for a magazine, like... It feels almost like he worked Grey Nealer out. You know, the, like the, the concept of this old woman's death wasn't quite enough. And like, I frankly, I think you could have gotten something really personal and compelling there. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the premise, but I just to me the angle was off on this one. Um we pretty much described what the book is. It's really not much more than what we said. Um you know, there are things that happen on this kid's journey to getting this magazine. Quite frankly, I struggle to care. Um if the world is ending, that's bigger than someone getting a magazine. It just is. And if you're going to tell me this is what the book is about, you got to tell me about that. So for me, it's a pass because I don't think the content matches the premise. I mean, the, the only way it would justify, mm -hmm. you know, everything happening is if the mag if the magazine was the Vita Guerra issue of Maxim, then I get it. I get it. But you know, I would just rather be looking for that. Sean, Sean knows. Right. Sean, yeah, I bet I, that's I, a reference. Yeah. No, no, no Sean knows. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I I feel like I feel like your your view Sean is a little uh limiting in the scope, I guess. I I don't think the book hmm I don't think the book cares about why the world is ending. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that's the problem that I had is that it well, doesn't care. Right. I, I care. Think... I care a lot if the world was ending. I want to know what the hell happened. Why am I dying now? I think that's well, just background noise, though. I think the real end that this yeah. is about is the relationship between the mother and son. Then that should be what the book is. It right. shouldn't be the end of the world. Then. But it is. It could be both. <laughs> but the but we're talking about the fact that this didn't work. Right. So we're analyzing sure. why. Yeah. And clearly something's not right. So if you're telling me it's not, it's not that the book has the end of the world in it, and it's also not that it had that it focuses on, you know, this small thing in the midst of the end of the world, then what's the problem? I think 
I think you can do both, but it focuses like we're we're outside of the relationship between the mother and son too much. Uh, I would say like two thirds of the book is him just going on a nightly jaunt, uh, bludgeoning uh, oxy fiends in the subway, you know. Rob1979 says, every other review site fell in love with this book. I would really love to know uh, why. <laughs> not that not that, not that, that I don't see it. I just want to know what they're seeing that I'm not. I, I, think, I think to Tyler's point, like, you can do both, but neither is serviced here. Like, the attention sure. yep. is not provided to either end to the extent that it makes it engaging to then fall in love with the book or there, these characters or the environment that I'm in. There's too much focus on the end of the world for it to be background. I don't but there's even also, know. I don't, there I don't there's also not enough focus on, on the relationship for that to be the foreground. But, so but they're well, both there's kind no of, focus. It's, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. They're both kind of on the same level where I don't care about anything at this point. Would it, would it have been different if the mother died while he was gone? Oh yeah, see, that'd we be, find that'd out be about cool. that too late, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but that's that'd be the thing. Is like, oh, I did this thing, and I could, I, and I could have spent the time with her rather than having gone on that journey. Boom, that's an emotional connection. I don't like working in ifs. Um, Fair. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what could have made it work. What you know, what would have been what, more satisfying. What I liked is when he's doing the internal dialogue and he's talking about his therapy. And he's talking about how the therapist says he has a codependent relationship with his mother. Focus on that. I want to see what happens when that ends. If that if that entails the mom dying early and him having to deal with the repercussions of that, sure. Um, right. But that's what I what I wanted to focus on. To to that end, like okay, she dies. He finds out. He reacts. Boom. World's out. Mm. That's a more touching personal story of you know the torture of this person who you know, tries to do something, uh, you know, for his codependent mother or whatever, and he does the wrong thing. Mm. Sure. I, I pass. Um, this was something that I thought I was going to love. Um, I really did, but I just, I just didn't. Uh, I actually found it to be kind of a chore to get through this mm. one. Um, and I spent a lot of time feeling like there was a missed opportunity somewhere in here. Yeah. Um, no shade, of course, to the creative team. I think that there's potential here. I'm actually excited to see what um, Maxwell Prince does when the concept is smaller. And so uh, I think the tease at the end was that we're going to see the end of a relationship next. Yeah, I can read. I can read the. Uh, I can. I have the synopsis here. Um, Mac, uh, w. Maxwell Prince's exploration of things ending continues as another all-star artist joins the party. Casper Wingard of Homesick Pilots, uh, which that's a draw. Uh, and, here, uh, two former, yeah, two former lovers find themselves, uh, per a stipulation of their divorce settlement, locked in eternal mortal combat. <laughs> Yikes! All right, Marco, we're gonna be pulling that one, huh? Mm. Wow, even that one, yeah, that turned yeah. me off. Yeah, <laughs> play it straight. That. You say that out loud, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, play it straight. <laughs> show, show us a relationship ending. That's real shit. Well, you it, don't says, need... it says, watch the rise and fall of their doomed love and the bloody multi-genre aftermath. It's the genre, though. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the robot it's, in the. It's the robot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Pat, um, I'm gonna pull on the next issue. 
because I want to at least see what's going on. Because I, I trust. The thing is, I trust Maxwell Prince enough, right? He he has to do work to not to get me to trust that maybe this first one wasn't great, maybe the next one might be. So I'm I'm at least going in on that. But this was not a good first showing. The third issue. I, I, uh, is by Philippe Andrade, drawn in colored pencil. So oh. art alone for these is enough to make me interested. Incredible. Yeah. What's the premise, though? Um, a new Adam and Eve after the apocalypse. Are you making that up? or No, no that's, no, that's the premise for the third Okay. Yeah. All right. But they're cowboys now. <laughs> it's yeah, Adam and I'm, Steve. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna pass, but I am going to show up for the next one. Yeah, because okay, it's yeah. an anthology, because there's not a ton, you know, the only thing that continues here is the sort of title premise. So yeah. I'm going to see what else Prince has in store. Um, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed now because I really yeah. wanted to like this book. but And then I thought the next one would be great. And then Tyler said Eternal Combat or whatever. I'm good. Uh, rela- relationships are eternal combat. We get it. Focus on the end of them. Don't got to be eternal, Sean. <laughs> I, I wasn't speaking about mine. <laughs> oh, I was. I was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, yours wasn't eternal. It was not. It was very, very Britney Spears of, of me. Uh, Rob said, I don't get the hype either because I don't care about this book either. I ain't trying to ruffle feathers. Well, you know. Around these parts, uh, different opinions are accepted. Uh, hopefully, there are people who read this and enjoyed it. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but it just wasn't for us, you know, not this time around. So it's never about the creator. And frankly, I don't care what other channels are saying. You know, if other people are enjoying it, that's awesome. And, and that's it, really. Like, this is just our opinion. Um, speaking of our opinions, we've got some opinions about things that we've read this week that don't include the books that we just read uh that we just read so pals what you reading yeah so i think i'm up first am i up first uh hold on uh yeah i am okay so um i finally upgraded my ipad to something that lasts more than 20 minutes so i have been finally getting back into danger street by tom king uh and uh fornias i believe Mm -hmm. um this feels like a rorschach i know it's the same team that did rorschach but it feels like rorschach in the sense that it is building, and it's building, and it's building. <laughs> um, issue six finally introduces the final member of the cast. Um, so we're like halfway there, but like I guess we can finally tell the story now. Um, it's interesting. It does not feel like we're in the DC universe, even though Darkseid shows up, even though uh, uh, Orion shows up. It's it's very it's it's interesting. Um, where Rorschach, the entirety of Rorschach, I was like, do I like this? Do I like this? And at the end, it was like, yeah, no, I loved that. I thought that was really good. Um, this feels like it could be that. You know, not maybe a huge buzz maker while it was happening, but, like, by the end of it, it might be one of those things where we're like, yo, did you check out Danger Street? So, um, yeah. Rorschach was the thing that made me go, okay, Tom King is only for trades. Hmm. Yeah, this <laughs> might be one of them, too. Yep. Because I, I did not like Rorschach number one, but I loved reading the whole thing. But I loved did watching you, it leave. Did you feel the yeah, same yeah, way yeah. about um, uh, a Human Target? Because you read, you caught up and then started reading by issue, right? Okay, you got me on Human Target. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that one felt like it was made for singles, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marco, surprising 
literally no one. You're continuing your read of Swamp Thing. You pronounce it everybody. That's how you pronounce it. Um, yes, I'm continuing to read uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, in this case, the uh, the book is getting political. And uh, I mentioned this in my last the Green newsletter. Party. Sorry? They're part of the Green Party. Yeah, part of the, yeah, part of the Green Party. There, there was a vote. The, there was a vote he did get elected to be, um, uh, or... You don't have to keep my bit going, Marco. You can just go no, no, and talk about it. No, deadass, he... Uh, oh, wait, really? This, this, in this oh, arc, he, is he this got... Is this based on the shirt you have? No, no, The no, American no. flag one? Okay. No, Let Marco uh, talk. But he, he does get chosen to become the runner-up for senator for uh, Louisiana. Um, it, it's a whole thing. Um, but in this piece <laughs> in particular, uh, but in this one in... Uh, Post that we have Arcane, his arch nemesis come back, and um, I'm gonna have a bit in my newsletter about how like this is the first time that someone has tackled a uh, a villain again after Moore does his reinvention because in, in the past um, you, it's always new characters, but this is the first time that there is a returning villain um, in the arch nemesis of uh, Anton Arcane. So uh, some cool stuff. Art's really really solid from Scott Eaton. Um, yeah. Ooh, who's the, who's the writer on that? Nancy Collins. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Atomic Hound. Uh, definitely do. I, I think it's an underrated run that only recently has gotten reprinted maybe in the past two years. And you're reading this digitally, right? Yeah. I'm on the DC app, which thankfully has all the issues. Do they have every Swamp Thing? Uh, yeah. Every Swamp Thing. Um, yeah. I believe somebody's got a bigger collection of Swamp Thing than Marco. Yeah. It's literally, it's all. It's, I have it in print too, but I just. Do you have every every volume of Swamp Thing physically? Uh, not every volume and not every issue of the second volume, only because there are some that like, uh, I, I can't. I, some of them I, I can't find or start to get really costly. Well, I'm a fake fan, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Kale, you are reading something called Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me by Marco Tamaki and oh. Rosemary Valero O'Connell and I keep calling it Laura Dern Keeps Breaking Up With Me and that's, <laughs> that's what I was reading like, it as yeah I just I like I'd love to keep living in that world but that's not the one that's here no, no. Um, I uh, have been burned out on superhero comics and i think you could probably tell by the way i was talking about evil robots during uh barnstormers um so i, I uh recently got to make my uh, uh my birthday comics uh pilgrimage to the shop and i got uh uh i got zoe thoroughgood uh it's lonely at the center of the earth and uh lord lord keeps breaking up with me and i'm gonna get bunch of Tilly Walden stuff uh, when I go to London here in a couple weeks. Spinning. Yeah, yeah, spinning. I'll probably get that because I think what I really want right now is something wildly different, something, and I think listening to the interview on Saturday confirmed it. I think I want um, some autobio stuff mm. because I tend to not be interested in that at all. And that's not what this is. This is a, a, a romance um, that's just incredible. Um, it's got uh, really clean art. Um, uh, the art is done. 
Uh, the art is done by Rosemary Valero O'Connell. Um, and the best way I can describe it is like a clean Steven Universe hmm. vibe. Uh, you know, sort of grown up, sort of mature, like in a good way. Um, and they do a ton of work with the color and the paneling. Um, and it's just, it's an incredible, and I, I read it in one sitting. It was like a two-hour read that I didn't want to put down. Kale, I put up a, a page from it. Is it all in this, you know, black, white, and gray with pink? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm and, a sucker uh, like, for, like, just a one color being the thing that breaks things apart in a black and white book. And they, uh, they really, uh, like, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to read this again because I, I wasn't totally sure how they were using the pink. But my guess is, you know, that it's uh, moments of big emotion and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible book. Everybody was talking about it. It's got, you know, this great big silver award. Uh, it's, it's great. Let me know when you read uh, It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth, because right now that is my book of the year. Um, Damn, really? Yeah, I have wait. bought multiple copies of that book to give to people. I loved that book. Um, I think Zoe's going to be at New York Comic Con, so I'm going to be headhunting there for an interview. But um, Got Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me know. Let me know what you think of that. Sean, you didn't have anything this week, right? I didn't. Um, I would like to tackle a question we got yeah. uh, from Rob. It said, uh, I'm interested in what you guys think about World Tree. I think that's a pretty cool book. Um, so we've reviewed all the issues of World Tree thus far, but um, mm. I have really enjoyed it a lot. I'm a big fan of Tynan's work. Um, I think that, you know, when it comes to horror, there's really not anybody dedicating themselves this way, and there's not anybody telling as good of stories uh, as Tynan is. And the creative teams that get assembled around him, um, you know, are just always stellar. And so I think if you're if you're looking for a horror book to scratch that itch, you really couldn't do much worse than World Tree, or really much better, uh, is what I meant to say. It is it is a fantastic book, I think, especially uh, the last two issues. Yeah, I have a question yeah. for Rob as well. Uh, Rob, what's the name of your cat in your profile picture? That's the only question I have for you. <laughs> um, um, but. Yeah, so we've got a few more books we're going to uh, tell you about, books we're looking forward to next week in a segment we call Gospels. So first up is Sean continuing uh, his run as Zeb Wells' biggest fan in comics right now with Amazing Spider-Man number 29. Yeah, and I make no bones about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed by it. I really love this book unabashedly. I think that too often people you know, don't get to talk about or, or don't speak loudly enough about books that they're enjoying. And, you know, we enjoy a lot of books, but for me, Amazing Spider-Man is like reinvigorating my love of comics. So, um, you know, hats off to everybody. This arc with Ed McGinnis art has just been a revelation. Can't get enough. I won't lie. I will not sit on this podcast and lie. I do wish Ed McGinnis was the main artist for the book going forward, but he is not. That's okay. We're getting back to junior junior but um loving it it's been fantastic i cannot wait for this issue uh you also wanted to check out uh more uh, mortal x-men number 13 
yeah, so Immortal has been great again, I think. There was a bit of a lull, um, especially as we were getting into Sins of Sinister. It started to feel like, eh, this is the Sinister show. Yeah, yeah. we dodged a bullet this week with that pal's uh, listener pick. <laughs> and you know what? I still bought that damn book, and I'm going to read it. I shouldn't <laughs> have. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I'm going to have thoughts. I'll share them next week. But um, Immortals has been great. I can't wait to see where we take things going forward. Um, just hasn't missed. Hasn't missed. Doug Ramsey, by the way, on the cover, he's he's the main character. He's this a POV, issue, I guess, right? By all accounts. And we need more Doug Ramsey. So okay. I'm hyped all right. Yeah. All right. Sign me up. Uh, Kale, world's finest Teen Titans, number one. Come on. Sign yeah, me up for this, too. Yeah, this this is, is my one. book. Uh, you know, I usually have a problem with Mark Wade on teenagers. Uh, hmm, could have phrased that better. Uh, but <laughs> for the record, we all do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I have um, a firm stance on that. Yeah, Chris Hansen es- does, especially with uh, that's hilarious. Um, he, you know, he was part of the uh, the Archie relaunch in uh, 2016, I think it was, and he. He did that okay, but it kind of gradually got very old guy doing teenagers. Again, could have could have phrased that better. Um, wow. This one, this, I feel like will work though, because it's teenagers of his era. You know, he's gonna sure. he's gonna be writing old old teenagers. It's like when he wrote Archie. No. No. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about it. And it's I am too. The Teen Titans, you know, in their prime, we're getting modern, older Teen Titan stories. This is it for me. And it's Before, uh, Emanuela Lupacino too, and that is uh, good stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and then you also wanted to check out uh, the second fake death of. Eddie Campbell by Eddie Campbell. A so, pandemic graphic novel by Eddie Campbell. What? Yeah, so Eddie Campbell did From Hell with Alan oh, Moore. Yeah. Oh. Um, but he's also a very uh a very well uh well renowned um uh, uh autobio author. And what he's doing with this one is it's a uh, it's it's sort of like one of those flip comic books, you know, where it tells one side, one side tells a story and then you flip it around and it tells another. Oh, no way. But they're connected and this is going to be a full graphic novel. Um, so let me, uh, let me read the, um, that's crazy. Uh, let me read the uh, synopsis here. Uh, Eddie Campbell is not himself, but these days who is? It's a metafictional mystery and mischief as the award-winning artist of From Hell sets out to find his own imposter. Plus, on the flip side, a deluxe new presentation of The Fate of the Artist, Eddie Campbell's classic work of meta-memoir. Hmm. Interesting. Yo, Sean's going to all of a sudden turn to a fan of graphics boy because all, all these books coming out piquing his interest. Dude, yeah, this is this seems pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Uh, there, 
I said earlier, I'm not a big fan of autobiographical comics. Eddie Campbell has a really interesting sense of humor. So his stuff is actually really good. Um, so I'm excited to pick this up. I think by next week, you'll be a big fan of autobiographical <laughs> graphic novels. I, I, um, I hesitate to say I hope you're wrong. Uh, you may you be might, right. You might be into it. You got to come back just like, I want all the superhero books again. Yeah. So for me, I want to check out uh, Unstoppable Doom Patrol number four. Uh, this is the La Fuente drone one uh, with uh, Dennis Culver and La Fuente. This is about the, the doctor with all the different faces that scared the shit out of us. Um, when yeah. we interviewed uh, Dennis Culver, he talked about this being kind of like a one and done story that they used to kind of inject in between once they got seven issues. Um <laughs> So it's La Fuente, man. It's, that's all. That's, that's all you got to tell me. La Fuente, Doom Patrol, I'm in. Uh, and then I also wanted to check out uh, Savage Dragon number two sixty six. It is oh, the next. Train, huh? It's the next chapter. Uh, apparently, a jumping on point. He's moved Ooh. to San Francisco, uh, which the cover looks like. Uh, Eric Larson has a very uh, 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 surface level understanding of San Francisco. <laughs> Um, San Francisco in Eric Larson's eyes looks like it's just Jeez, kink parades, yeah. but um, let's see what happens. I think this could be an interesting book. Uh, and then I think uh, we have uh, Marco with Fishfly as number one by Jeff Lemire. Uh, Jeff Lemire is doing a all the stuff on this, so writing as well as art. I'm a fan of his watercolor work. I know a lot of people can uh, kind of uh, don't always enjoy it. It's can sometimes be a little a little more crude but i think he does he has a, a really nice aesthetic and uh, i have a lot of fun with his books when he does solo stuff uh yeah just excited to be picking this up uh, anytime he drops something i'm more than likely gonna show up for it and you also want to check out the hunger and the dusk number one yo this cover looked fire uh this is this just looks like a badass story plus it's gonna be g willow wilson um i'm not familiar with chris wild goose so, um, yeah, seemingly the Discord was really popping off from too. Yeah, so he's I'm good. excited. Uh, and this looks very Dungeons and Dragons y. Um, they have all the, those like name things that I'm a big fan of. Something about Farron, Stoneback, the most powerful orc, Overlord, Troth, Icemain. Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah. Feels very critical role. And I don't mean that derogatory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a good part of Critical Role. But, I yeah. fantasy. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, those are our picks for next week. Good good crop of books. Uh, certainly you'll see some amount of those appear this week, or next week rather, on the show when we do our reviews. Do you want to hear a quick story? Yep. About Chris Hansen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure now. <laughs> Yes. It better not be a, a personal uh, anecdote there. It is. It Just, is a personal story. Keep your, keep your finger on that end stream button. Yeah, I'm hovering <laughs> it. I'm hovering it. Okay. So, in 2020, during the height of the pandemic, when everybody was home, for whatever reason, people started to upload an absurd amount, like the whole back catalog of To Catch a Predator mm -hmm. on YouTube. Now, I fell deep into this rabbit hole. <laughs> I was watching To Catch a Predator every day 
me and my girlfriend, like, all the time, almost nonstop. I had a great time. So, for my birthday that year, oh, no, I receive a message. You got a cameo. Dropbox. <laughs> my girlfriend gave it to me as a gift, and I open it. And who is it but Chris Hansen <laughs> saying, Sean, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> oh, no. Is <laughs> you have this? I have, I have it. I have it. A sentence that even if you haven't done anything wrong for Chris Hansen, you clench up. You say, I was like, oh, wait a second. On. No, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> what, what have I done? Oh, man, you got to send that to me. I need to clip it. That's incredible. Have a seat, Sean. <laughs> it's 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 really good. This is before he um, got caught cheating on his wife, right? Um, I don't remember if it's before that. Okay. It might not have been before that. Um, but obviously the show's long gone. But he's got a, he's got new shows that I've been loving. Chris Hansen is amazing. <laughs> I got two cameos that day. The other one was from Chavo Guerrero. Hey, WWE Whoa. superstar. Hell yeah. You didn't get one he from, said, uh, uh, what was Sean, it? Uh... Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hit you with the chair. Sean, what was his white guy That's persona? Thing, right? Huh? What was his, his white guy persona, Trava, when he was the... Uh, Kerwin the... White. Kerwin White, yeah. Kerwin yeah, yeah. White. He was not in his Kerwin White persona. He that's didn't good. bring... That's good. That's he wasn't things. my caddy. Um, that would be racist. At least they were but... equal opportunity racists in WWE at that point. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's my Chris Hansen story. Hopefully, it's the only Oof. one I ever have. Thank God. Um... <laughs> Hopefully, like, like you don't have control over that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Um... Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show this week. We appreciate you tuning in. Tune in Saturday. Saturday, we're going to have a lot of fun. What are we going to talk about? You'll have to tune in to find out. But <laughs> I do have this to say. People have been listening to the show for a little while. Maybe there's something you've been looking forward to. Maybe there's something you've been wondering when it would come back. Maybe you'll hear about that. It already uh, did. Marco's Minute has been it sound, making its comeback like pretty frequently. I don't it know sounds like work it. for me. <laughs> and the ratings, Marco, are in shambles now. Huh? Hmm? What? Oh, the live ticker's going. You don't even know what those words you said mean. I don't. We finally, did we finally get that order of Marco's chewable enemas? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's on, that's on delay. Oh. That's on delay. Uh, tune in every single Thursday at 6 p.m., Eastern for this show, Saturdays at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. If you would like to support us, the best way to do that is to head on over to patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we are offering you a lot of bang for your buck. There's plenty of content over there, an exclusive show called Palling Around, where we talk about whatever we feel like talking about. We have a good time doing it. You get to vote in the book club poll. That determines the book club for the month. That's the only way we do book clubs. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So check it out if you'd like. Short of that, liking the video, subscribing to our channel, leaving us a review and a rating on any platform that you listen to us on. All those things are free. They help us out a ton. If you want to vote and make us read books that are not Night Terror's Joker in the future, you can do that on Twitter. You have to have an account. But other than that, Twitter.com, at the Comics Pals. I guess people don't go to the Twitter website anymore. I'm sorry. At the Comics Pals. And uh, you get to vote. It's every yeah. Friday that the, that the poll goes up. Don't get rid of your Twitters yet, guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, and then join our Discord server. 
It's always a fun time over there. Uh, and we put the Tokyo Ghost Book Club out. Need some love. Need some love. So if, you, if you're interested in that conversation that we had about Rick Remender and Sean Gordon Murphy's Tokyo Ghost, go give that a, a listen wherever it is that you listen to the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Pals Pulls. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you next time. Until then, with the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.